Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that was the inspiration of the short-lived reboot of Friends on Animal Planet, in which all the characters were played by feral cats and dogs, who on day one of shooting were found eating the set, having indiscriminate sex with each other's species, eventually creating a new line of cogs, a strange cat-dog mix that many feared could take over the world due to their psychic powers and lust for human flesh. Anyway, night terrors for a small child turn into anything but an overactive imagination as the parents realize that the monster, their child fears lurking in his room, it's all too real. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Well, hello. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts and check out our premium stuff for our extra podcast people. We call them EPPs. You can become one easily now through Apple Podcasts, directly through Apple Podcasts, which is awesome. You can even try it for three days free. You'll get access to our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, all of it ad-free. If you're not an Apple Podcast user, then check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Stories. Get all the same stuff over there and directly through our website, ghostpodcast.com. So three different ways to sign up and get in on all the bonuses that help keep this program on the air and allow you to just kind of binge and binge and binge and binge ghost stories and never run out. It's a lovely thing. It's uh, Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? I was just, uh, we were talking a little bit before we uh, went on the air, and I was just thinking about how, like, growing up, like, one of the easiest things that you could probably become is a radio announcer. Now we're, po- you know, podcasting and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like the the work we do is really hard, right? <laughs> When it comes down to it, if, you, if I were to look at what a lot of people go through during their day, um, yeah, you're exactly right. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> right. And, and, and of course, there's the, there's the creative side of it, so that's enjoyable. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's, it's not that bad. But I see people that are, that are doing, like, even uh, less important things, making a hell of a lot more money. And the two things that come to mind, last time that we were together... I mentioned, and somehow we got on the the topic of flaming hot Cheetos, mm-hmm. and then right after that, like two days later or three days later, there was a story about somebody who's building a sarcophagus for a bag of these flaming hot Cheetos, <laughs> so they can bury it in the ground to be opened ten thousand years later, and then there will be one bag of these flaming hot Cheetos inside. So, and, and they're making money doing this. Yes, it's genius. There's all these. It's like all the crazy shit you would think about doing when you were sitting at church. <laughs> People are doing now and making money at the thing is when we had those thoughts in our heads, it was like, this is utterly insane. And then you go and have a donut and go home. Uh, right. But, or, or they'd send you to, uh, to therapy yes, for it or whatever. Exactly. And then another guy's did, uh, he ate 40, <laughs> 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days down on the dock someplace in <laughs> some city. And there was like, he was live streaming it and he had a crowd there and he was making money. And I'm thinking, what is going on? You can make money at almost anything these days. And, and I mean, I, whenever I, I, I honestly, when I hear people, I, I don't know, like, there's never been a better time to make money off of whatever weird shit you want to do 
Because I don't know if this is going to last forever where everybody can do weird shit and make money at it. But right now there seems to be, you know, a pretty good environment for it. I always thought that I, my mind was pretty weird. And now I'm realizing maybe it's not weird enough to take advantage of that. You know, like uh, year, years past, I would say that my thoughts and the stuff that I would imagine and the creativity stuff, there, there was some weird shit there. But I don't know if it's weird enough to make, you know, I'm not going to eat 40 chickens in 40 days. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it, it's It's like skits coming to life <laughs> yeah. that you, that you would have otherwise faked or been like an SNL bit. It's like 40 chickens in 40 days. And there's like somebody actually fucking doing it now. It's not just cut up to make a bit. It's like people are actually acting out weird shit. Unreal. No, it's, um, it's very true. It's fucking scary. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, as I sit here, it is snowing. Um, and we're recording this in November. Um, I know this is airing uh, December 12th, um, so shouldn't be too shocking, but I, I don't know. We were literally in the pool two weeks ago, and, yep. and my ground is now covered in snow. And it's an early one for this part of the country in Arkansas. Usually we don't get much till like February. Um, so I, I'm hoping maybe this is like we're going to get winter in really quick here. And then by, oh, I don't know, January 10th, I can be back out on my patio. <laughs> Good luck. Like just yeah, start it early. When people shift, it's a it's a um uh la la uh I want summer Tisha year or something, you know? <laughs> Are we talking about like El Nino and stuff Nina, like yeah. that? Yeah, I'm just kind of like putting the word la and <laughs> I guess I added Tisha to it. La Tisha. <laughs> It, says, it sounds a little wrong. But, you dated her at one point, didn't you? Um, no, that was not her name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget what it was, though, because it was somewhat in that vein. Um, but anyway, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our first one. It says, this story is of a ghost encounter in my room when I was 13 years old. It takes place on our six-acre property in Parker, Colorado, where I lived with my parents and my older sister from the age of four. Prior to the actual encounter, my sister and I shared a common premonition that there was something sinister about our home, which felt isolating due to the large land and space between neighbors. Now, I had all kinds of scary dreams about something chasing me in the property and me needing to quickly run back into the house. Indeed, whenever it got dark and I had to take care of something on the property... I'd always sprint back into the house as if something was right behind me. Now, on one part of the property, we had a tetherball pole for a little time, which I believe had already been there when we first moved in. One night, I had a strange dream that I was trying to crawl through some big plastic tubes connected to the side of the house. I fell out of the tube somehow, and from a distance, I saw a little girl with long brown hair and a white gown standing in the place where the tetherball pole was. Of course, all I could think of was getting back inside the tubes before the little girl got me. And talking about dreams with my sister and my cousin who was visiting for a few days, I began telling the story of the white tubes and seeing a ghost in my dream. I said, there was a little girl standing next to the tetherball pole. My sister looked at me in shock and said, with a white gown? Our eyes met. We both said in sync, with long brown hair? turned out apart from the weird white tubes we had both seen the same thing 
the same girl with the white gown and the long brown hair standing in the exact same location in our property. Years later, when I was 13 years old, I was sleeping in my bed while facing to my left. And some kind of inner voice told me on a soul level, there's a monster in your room, which gave me such a horrified feeling that I awoke. To the left of me was my alarm clock, which read 3.03. I then turned and saw something in the middle of my room that appeared to be about the size of a man. It had a white sheet over it, but it had a flat head like it was square. I did a double take. My first thought was my dad stacked up a bunch of boxes in my room and covered them with a white sheet. And I remember thinking, wait, my door is shut, probably locked, and I would have heard him. And he wouldn't do that anyway. My next thought was, wait, am I actually looking at a ghost? Then it was, why does it have a white sheet on it? It's so cliche. After those trains of thoughts, I quickly hid under my covers. My heart was pounding, and I waited there for what felt like an hour for it to go away. I slowly lowered my covers to see if it was there, but it had vanished. After working up some courage, I jolted out of the room, ran to my parents' room, avoiding eyeing any of the house's scary windows on the dash there. I tried waking them up, asking, Hey, were you in my room? There was something there. They murmured something and told me to go back to bed, so I did. Fast forward a year later. Now my alarm clock has been placed on the other side of my room. I woke up once again, though without that inner voice warning me. I had the covers partially over my face and could make out my alarm clock, which again read 303. Suddenly, the same figure from a year earlier walked right into my view. Again, I hid under my covers and I waited. I don't know if I had matured more at that time or was just getting used to this thing, but I uncovered myself to look in only about 10 minutes this time, and it wasn't there. I thought I heard something on my front porch, which is just outside my window. I worked up some courage and yelled, Go away! Deciding hadn't said it strongly enough, I said once again, go away. After that, I didn't hear any more noise. Never saw the apparition again. Now, the significance of some details of this memory only became clearer to me as I got older. When I was in my early 30s and living in Asia, I was pitching a movie script to a producer in Hong Kong that was partially inspired by this experience. After hearing the story, he told me that at 3.03 was a common time for people to see ghosts, and it was when they were more active. I was surprised to see this backed up by an internet search. Also, thinking back, it occurred to me that the reason the ghost had looked flat was because it didn't have a head. So it was staring at a set of shoulders, is what I was looking at, at the top of the body, all covered by the white sheet. Utilizing what I'd experienced, I incorporated parts of my script into a script that I wrote in 2019 called Woman in the Chair, which won Best Horror Screenplay at the 2019 Los Angeles Horror and Crime Film Festival, which I later went on to direct and produce into a feature, which is just released on Amazon, by the way. I wrote in a scene of a character also being woken up by a sort of warning voice, just as I had been. Only she awakens halfway into sleep, halfway into a sleep paralysis. Furthermore, I realize that in life, although our definition of what is cliche is always changing with Hollywood's latest film release. It's not going to change how evil actually looks or how we experience it. This motivated me to make what some might call a cliche-looking ghost in the film. It also inspired a line from a character. What if cliche is real? What if the face of evil in everything we see in our art and history looks this way for a reason? Because 
we're naturally afraid of it. Interesting story. And I'm kind of interested to see what this uh, movie's like, too. Yeah, I also like the idea of what if what if cliche is real, you know, because you talk about um, indigenous people and they have their their stories of spirits and all that kind of stuff. And through the years, believe it or not, I mean, even groups of people who had no communication with one another have seen very similar things and experienced very similar things. So you wonder, I mean, that's a great question is, is cliche the reality? And and maybe it is. Maybe the things we're scared of, the the faces we see and the ghosts that we encounter, as cliche as they may be, maybe they're just so real because and, and that's why they're just so prevalent in, in how we experience them. I could say I mean, humans are gonna be afraid of fairly similar similar things. So you can find a group of people that are afraid of clowns, you can find a group of people who are afraid of, you know, some monstrous looking thing under the bed. You know, you could group people's fears into different areas. Um, and, and and probably be able to, to get quite a few in each basket. Um, what I kind of feel is that when something is there to scare you, it's going to take on the form or the mm. the identity of whatever scares that individual most. So if I was in your house and there's something that's spooky that likes to scare the shit out of people, you may see it as a vampire. Um, and I may see it as a clown because it's just... It, it's it's manipulating the way uh, it's being perceived to the fears of those that are seeing it. That's really interesting. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Harry Potter when they're trying to do the ridiculous um, cur- curse or whatever the 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 and whatever they're afraid of comes out of that big huge closet. Some of them are afraid of you know clowns, like you said. Some of them are afraid of ghosts, and whatever they're the most afraid of is what comes out of this thing at them, so that they can practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe the the thing that we fear the most individually is is what will eventually scare us. Well, it's almost like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Like think of something, uh, w- w- Ray, and it's uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow. Like think of like what's the scariest thing, and that may be what it is. I mean, if the scariest thing to you is, um, I'm just trying to think of is Chef Boyardee, um, then Chef Boyardee is going to be haunting your kitchen uh, or whatever. Uh, negative thing that uh, wants to scare you. It's like, shit, it's Chef Boyardee again. That's just freaking Well, out. I think if Chef Boyardee is going to come after me, it'll be in the bathroom at some point, you well, know, because that stuff just slides right through you. That's a guarantee. I almost like wonder sometimes <laughs> if they actually use like engine oil in there or something, because it's like, how is this even possible? Like, <laughs> how, how did this, it like, is there like a, a freeway or like a bypass system in my body where it's like, we're not going to do the rest of the organs today. We're just going to take the off ramp right here because it's like I had that. At, I didn't have it at lunch today, but it's like like I'm not even done with lunch yet, and it's coming out. And so I think there's um, there's something in that shit. <laughs> something in that shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm adverse to it. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Let's hear your ghost story. Hi. Um, I've called previous to my daughter and some of. Um, the things they have experienced as far as reading, they can reading tarot cards and my other daughter, um, having dreams with a lady who kind of tells her what's going to happen in the future. But anyway, what I haven't really discussed in depth, I've mentioned it a few times, but I haven't really discussed it in depth is that, you know, I do feel 
it's something that is passed down and and usually multi-generational um, just because my mother has always had dream, premonition dreams. Um, and I'll give you two examples. Um, I've had them as well. I'm just, it's always had to be someone that's very close to me um, where my mother is quite vast. I mean, I think it is stronger for the people that she really cares about, or perhaps she has just communicated those more to me. I'm not sure, but um, one of the ones she had had was before my father had passed, and he passed very unexpectedly, very young, I would say. I mean, not very young, but young, um, really with no idea this was coming along. Um, about a week prior to him passing, my mother had came to me, and we, for some reason, we were talking about dreams. I don't know if I mentioned that, or, but she happened to say that she had had a dream that night, the night prior. And my grandmother was there, and um, she was, my mother was with my aunt, and my grandmother showed up. My, my grandmother is deceased. My, my aunt, at this point, was alive. So my grandmother's deceased, and she drives up in a Cadillac, which is what she always drives, drove when she was alive. And she, my mother said all these beautiful women got out of the car, and they were just amazingly beautiful. And my aunt was crying. And my mother thought that in the dream, she said she thought that my my aunt may have been upset because the girls were getting back into the car. Like, as soon as they got out of the car, they started getting back in. And then my grandmother, who was my father's mother, came up to my mother and said, you know, I'm sorry, Terry. That's my mother's name. She said, I'm sorry, Terry. We have to go. And my mother was like, okay. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. We have to go. I'm sorry. And my aunt was crying and my mother said she was just, she couldn't figure out why my aunt, my aunt was so upset and, you know, what my grandmother meant. And, you know, not even a week later, my father passed away. Um, that was one of the dreams. And then another dream, just keeping on the same trend, um, after my father had passed shortly after, maybe a year after, um, my mother had a dream, and she said that my father came to her, and she said it was like a visitation dream, not just a dream she was recalling or um, experiencing. It was a visitation dream. It was just a visitation dream. If you have one, you know the difference. It's just it's apparent. Um, so my mother experienced my father coming in, and she said she was kissing all over him, and she could feel even her tears. She said... Uh, you know, as she kissed him, she could feel her tears on him being back on her, if that makes any sense. And she said that was very profound for her because she was so happy to see him. And he really wasn't saying much. Um, and she was just hugging him because she knew, she said that the moment that he got there, she knew he would have to leave, that it was a temporary thing, um, seeing and being with him. So he stays with her. They chat. She didn't go into full disclosure over what the chat was. Um but they chatted, and he said he had to leave, that he was going to be eating mashed potatoes with Pauline soon. So my mother tells me this, and Pauline is an aunt that I have. So, and Paul, my it's a great aunt, actually, um, his aunt. And it was odd because my mother was talking about it, and I said, you know, no, that is my aunt's middle name. 
not my great aunt, just my dad's sister. And we thought it was very odd. And I said, no, he was talking about Aunt, and Aunt Angie. And she was like, what, really? I said, yeah, yeah, that too. And then shortly after, my aunt, aunt she unexpectedly passed. So I really think he was trying to give my mother a heads up without giving her such a profound heads up. And I know it's very strange. Um, she continues to have dreams like this, and I can tell when she has them that that are disruptive of her life. Um, as far as negatively impacting, I can tell that she kind of holds those in a little bit more. And I, I know she knows that it's just a matter of time that it happens. She doesn't really speak a lot about what my girls are able to do. And I think the reason she doesn't is because she knows, you know, it's a huge responsibility, A, um, and it's a blessing and a curse. So I think she sees it from every side, not just the side that most people see it from. But anyway, that's just a little bit of our family history and how um, the afterlife and spirits and just the notion of knowing things have affected our lives. Um, thank you guys so much and have a great day. Okay, so here's my take on this. Um, I mean, it it I it would be alarming if if you are having this dream and the person that is you know kind of comforting you and it's going to be okay, you know, opens up the door and then shows off all these hot women that are walking in and out of this limo, and then your dad gets in and mom gets in too, and they drive away. I mean, what the hell is going on with that? And then he dies. I, I Can guess. You imagine being the person having the dreams, and now every time you have a dream, you're going to be worried that that person that you're dreaming about dies. Yeah, it, but I don't. I don't understand the significance of like, were these hookers or like hookers in heaven or something? And the mom's like, "Here you go, son. Here's my gift. <laughs> like, <laughs> you put up with that woman I didn't want you to marry for so many years. You get a hookers in heaven." <laughs> I actually have a friend and she doesn't have those kind of dreams, but she will just wake up and in the morning she'll think so-and-so has died. And then sure enough, that person has died. Oh, that's so weird. It's, it's a little different where she's not having dreams about, you know, them leaving in a car full of hookers and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, again, I, and I'm like, why would I don't, I wouldn't want to have that happening to me. I don't want to know. I don't want anybody to know. And I don't want to hear about like, well, I did know. I know. I just, it happens, it happens. I don't need the foretelling. I mean, it's one thing if you're like, you have a disease and you know things are going downhill. Um, I mean, that's that's as much as I want to know, if I have to know. Um, yeah, I prefer to be old and just, you know, fall asleep one day and not wake up. And you have a, have a limo out front and a uh, door opens up and you just climb in. and Exactly, yeah. It's like, okay, we'll have the hearse ready. I'll have it all ready to go. And uh, yeah, it'll work out well. <laughs> Hearses and hookers. It's a new funeral home. Hearses and hookers. When you're feeling really down, when your loved one has passed, we're here to help when you need that extra hand. And we mean hand. <laughs> we're oh, here Lord. for you. Hearses and hookers has a new location. <laughs> Be fun to go do a, a live broadcast there. Uh, ever do a live broadcast at a... This would be a fun game for radio people to play. You spin the thing and it's like 
Mad Libs, or it's uh, different cards. Have you ever done a remote at a blank? How about a funeral home? I uh, I have not. Have you? I have not, but our a station in our building did. Oh. And I, because it was a KFDI in Wichita, and the AM station, which was also KFDI AM, which is originally where it all started, um, they very much, their target audience was adults 75 plus pretty much. And so you had a lot of those sort of um, type of businesses advertising on this station. And they liked, you know, broadcasting live. And they went out and there was a remote that was bought at some funeral home. And there was specials going on. And if you came out, uh, you can get a balloon for the kids. I was just going to say in a hot dog. right? <laughs> and a hot dog. Come on, have lunch here with us. <laughs> I did. I did. I did do uh, one and I almost forgot about it till you started talking about it. I did one from like an old folks home, like a nursing home. Done that. Yep. And it was, it was on a, it was like on an oldie station. So like, you know, if mom and dad are getting close, stop on by, make some plans now kind of thing. Cool 107? Uh, it was, it was, uh, I think it was the bug, which is. Oh, the bug. Of, okay. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. It'd be, uh, if that would, uh, that, that's a weird one to do. I've done that. And I, there was one where oh, we really would like you to talk to Edna over here. She's oh. at the canasta table. She, we want, I wanted to, we wanted to give a good testimonial about her care here. And she's been practicing all week for it. And you get over to, Edna, while you're there broadcasting live, and it's like you know you try and talk a little bit and have a little rapport, and thinking you know okay, well they they obviously pick someone that's that can do this well, and plenty of lovely people uh, in old folks homes that are totally with it and are great to talk to, right? And there's some that are there and they really need the extra help because unfortunately, um, you know they their their mental competency and stuff has uh, has declined. Um, I don't know why they picked Edna for this one, uh, but she, she was certainly on the decline, tried to, to talk a little bit beforehand and, you know, very, very little answers of anything, you know, and that's like, oh, this is going to be scary here. Like, and of course we're still, we're broadcasting live, uh, and we're not going to pre-record this. I think it was before like pre-recording a lot of stuff and, um, do it. And like, and and I have someone special here, Edna, who'd like to uh, to talk about, uh, you know, how much she loves it here at uh, at, at Our Lady uh, of the Tramp uh, Medical Facility and Care Center Spa. Well, it's a nice day. <laughs> I I'm going to watch Wheel of Fortune tonight. Great. Oh, tell me, like, it looks like you're having a great lunch here. What are they serving you? This isn't food. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, come on down and uh, and and see us, and you can have lunch with the ladies. They're here for you. And um, yeah, it was it was not the greatest moment in radio, but I kind of knew it would happen, so I just kind of dived in head first, going, "What the hell? Let's do this." It's like, did you at, at any point have like a split second decision just to do her voice by yourself? Uh, at the time, I thought that, that that did seem kind of funny. Like, should I just continue this over here? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, yeah, that's not going to fly. So just, you know, it was a very awkward, just kind of dump out of it moment. And yeah, um, yeah, 
let's see here. Any other weird places that are kind of dark? Haunted houses, I've done those. I think we've all yeah. done many of those. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Let's, I, think was, I did do another old folks home, now that I think of it. It was assisted living, and they brought somebody out for me to talk to. It ended up being an old high school teacher. Oh, cool. So, you know, and, and unbeknownst to me that she was there. So it was kind of cool, actually. But still, yeah. it's, you know. I just don't know how why they vetted uh, uh, Edna for mine. It's like. I love it. I want to meet the person who chose that and thank them. Yeah, it was it was a special moment in my life. Uh, let's go to another story. It says, I'm getting addicted to your show. It's amazing. I have a story to share. Uh, this happened when I was a volunteer. Uh, uh, when uh, I'm sorry, this happened uh, when I was a youngster, still in high school. My sister found a few kittens in our backyard. Okay. We thought it was cool at first, but those little kitties were too small. We had to take them to a pet shop who told us to have them put to sleep, but we took them to the vet and they told us how to take care of them. We had to buy bottles for them, like baby bottles, but for kittens and keep them in the house. When there was a cat outside that wouldn't leave, we left them in a box with a blanket because we knew it must have been the mom. That cat was all mad at us, but carried them to another spot in the backyard. They were leaving food and water for the cat, but it was mad, so we left it alone. We found the kittens because they were meowing all the time over the weekend and found out that the mom cat was hit by a car. Me and my sister were not supposed to have pets, but we took care of them in the yard and only one of them died before they were big enough to be alley cats around the neighborhood. One of them was friendly and would follow me in the house when the other cats ran away. I called him Gato because it means cat in Spanish. My mama called him Garfield because he was orange with stripes like the cat in the Frisky's cat food box, but they wouldn't listen to you if you called him Garfield. So me and my sister would call him Gatto. I liked Gatto because he was an outdoor cat and never went on the furniture unless you were sitting there and he'd only sit on your lap or if you were in bed, he'd lay next to your pillow. I liked him more because he would leave the house when he had to take a dump or never needed a litter box. He also killed the mice in the backyard and didn't scratch us, so I always tried to make him feel more welcome to go into the house and would buy cat food for him. We thought it was strange when he was meowing at my mama all morning. My dad got mad and made her leave Gatto outside, and since that day, Gatto was meowing all around her all the time. We thought he wanted food, but he walked away from the food that we gave him. Kept meowing all the time at her and nobody else, but not like in a mean way, but just begging. My mom went to the doctors and was diagnosed with a benign form of breast cancer that day. Me and my sister told her that God I was trying to warn her about it. I don't know if animals can smell those things or have other instincts to notice if you're sick, but I think he was warning her. She had the surgery to remove it, and Gatto stopped meowing at her after she was home from the hospital. I think the cat saved her life. You can say what you want, but I think this cat returned the favor of us giving him food and letting him in our house, or maybe he remembers we fed him when he was a kitten. Gatto would show up sometimes, but he wasn't around too much by the time I graduated high school. I don't like to think he died, but he must have found another home somewhere else. We like to think that he found more people who might be sick and is saving their lives, like some type of superhero cat. I wanted to share this story because that cat was really special to me and my family. Sorry it wasn't a scary ghost story. I still love your show and hope your show continues to be great, and my next stories will only be scary ones. I like the cat story. 
Yeah, and I know you like cats, and uh, I think I think I've I've read someplace or seen something where animals can smell certain things like cancer and and, and stuff like that in humans. I love the name Gatto too. Um, when I was very little, my there was there's a song uh, about a, a cat named Gatto, and the cat dies. And my sisters knew that I hated the song, and they would sing it to me all the time, so I'd bawl my eyes out. That's that's <laughs> that's the kind of house I lived in. So <laughs> it's like my cousins locking me in the basement and playing Thriller over and over and turning the lights off. <laughs> Well, you know what? We learn so much about why we are who we are. Yes, tonight. yes, we do. <laughs> Jeez. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I can't. What the hell was? Was this a children's song or was this like uh, something? I, I, I just remember something about poor Dungado or something like that. I don't remember the words, but my sister listens to this podcast religiously. So, Vicky. <laughs> Uh, if you remember singing, they would make me sit in front of my mom's mirror while they sang it so I could watch myself cry. <laughs> if you would have just said this so many years earlier, I would have understood so much more of you. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Now, I think you've actually you've told me some of these things in the past, but no, it's. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some trauma there when uh, when they do that. I'm just picturing like Gordon Lightfoot singing like. Oh, little God, oh, and he <laughs> ran away from home, run over by a semi far too late. You know, something like that. I don't know. But uh, there you go. We got a new cat uh, here oh. at uh, at the the Yellowstone Brewski Ranch. Um, we, uh, my girlfriend, uh, her cat, Winnie is her name. Um, she's an indoor, outdoor cat, or really was, but getting kind of concerned of her being outdoors uh, up there uh, is what she told me. And um, this cat has been through its nine lives uh, already. It's been critically injured and, and pulled itself back after being nursed back to health by her for a year. Um, and now wears this lovely little vest and uh, is a really friendly cat. And uh, she now resides with bubbles here at uh, club bubbles in the garage where we have uh, disco lights and, uh, you know, mice that uh, are in cage dancing and the cats go and they hit the mice uh, with dollar bills. And uh, so the cats are, are excited. They're enjoying the uh, the club atmosphere of the garage. Bubbles and Winnie. Now, is Winnie named after one of the Sanders Sanderson sisters in um, Hocus Pocus? I, you know, I don't know what she named her after. I was going to th say that or Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was the only my I had an aunt named Winnie. Uh way back in the day she was a great aunt um and so i don't know i i, I will find that out i will find, we'll find out. out it's just winnie the pooh or something stupid like that. it was weird i got the cat and i discovered that there was a 666 shaved on her belly <laughs> when i got her home and i'm like honey what are you doing like why did you mark the cat like that like you're a christian woman and, and then she looked at me with red eyes and she said you you have the cat now and it was really weird. It was filtered just like that. And then looked at me again. The kitty is yours. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was really weird. Uh, like, uh, like, hun, like, honey, like, why are you doing okay? No, honey. Only zoo. <laughs> yeah, listen, from now on, <laughs> we have got to do this podcast while lying on couches. Because this is like some sort of, you know. 
a counseling session is what this whole thing is. I got my feet up on another stool over here. I'm just having fun pressing buttons. Only Zool. <laughs> Only Zool. No, that didn't happen. It was more on a higher pitch, but it was still scary. It was like, <laughs> no, honey. Only Zool. I said, okay, oh, you ready? Let's God. go for dinner. And then um, went to Applebee's and uh, had some uh, boneless wings, and it was a good night. Uh, I'll swing by the church. I'll get some holy water. It'll be great. It's like, it's okay. You know, it's, you know, to walk through the house, crucifixes turned by themselves. <laughs> by the end of the night, the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. You know? you know, like, what are they doing in there? Exorcism, honey. It's just an exorcism, you know. But uh, no, it's a great cat, and uh, I, they, I've i had the two cats here in the studio today in a more confined space because Bubbles, I wanted to get them to know each other and not just completely avoid each other. So we sat down, and they introduced themselves, and uh, it involved a lot of, <laughs> like, that's Bubbles, and your turn, Winnie. It's like, <laughs> it was the Gremlins-like. It was really yeah. weird. Um but eventually, I had them where I was able to pet them both on the head, and neither were getting mad. And it was kind of like, okay, see, we're all friends. We're all good. And then they ran out into the garage, and they're like, rah, rah. And, but I think they, they've made up. I think they're good friends. <laughs> yeah, they, they like each other. Just so going to keep telling myself that and ignore the blood all over the floor. Uh, all right. That's going to uh, wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. And, and yes, I am kidding. There wasn't blood all over the floor. And actually, the cats are getting along. I just don't want to start getting uh, emails going, oh, my gosh, are the cats really doing it? They're good. <laughs> They're good. And my girlfriend did not turn into a demon. Again, that's that's only on Thursdays. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that, was all a, right. that was a different part of your life. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was a totally different woman. Uh, so, all right. If you like the show, so check out our channel on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Patreon.com, or GhostPodcast.com. Until next time, for Todd and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.